Janet Lee, that was marvelous. I just never, never, never. In fact, in all these 52 years plus, I've enjoyed your playing so much. But since you've been also playing on these broadcasts, I am just totally, totally taken. God bless you. And hello, everyone out there in the listening lanes of this today's broadcast. Today, we are bringing you the Whisper of Satan, Part 18. Last week, Part 17 was the birds. This week, we're talking about the birds again. And we're not going to finish it because I want to get into the bird wars, but I don't think with all of the material that I have that's important to cover that we can uh, get that far. But the ark is coming up the road, and the oracle is there, and eventually we will get it out. We talked last week about Genesis 1.20, the fifth creation day, where Elohim said, and Elohim can mean plural or singular, but in this case it was singular uh, uh, in, I should say, in the beginning of the first first verse, chapter 1, verse 1. It was, sing, it was, uh, it was um, what we call manifold, manifold God, which is a, a plural type of uh, singularity, if you want to call it that. I don't know if the word singularity is a good word anymore with all the changes that are happening to it. But anyway, but in Genesis 1.20, Elohim said, now this could be one of the gods, it could be a manifold of gods, but in this case, it was Lucifer. Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. Now, we recognize that the anointed cherub, Lucifer, had been put as a covering angel over the Ophanims during the creation time when Yahweh, or as some people call him, Yahweh, was involved with 144,000 of the angels spiriting creation. The 144,000 was chosen as a symbolic number of the total number of universes that there are to be. The universe that we are in right now is the eighth universe. There have been seven other universes that precede this, which in the book of Revelation were called stars and um, were described as each universe having an overcoming group that, was, uh, that had a Lord of hosts, which is one of the spirits of the seven spirits of God. Elohim said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. We found that very interesting and we found the word that we use, charets. And uh, we talked about how that that could mean bacteria, it could mean swarm, it could mean locust. But it could also mean atoms, and, and we're not going to repeat everything we said last week, that's for sure. But then, in Genesis 2.19, uh, the, the, the E changes to, to um, 
well, they used to say a J for Jehovah, but but it changed it to a Y for for Yahweh or Yahweh-el. <clears throat> and um, and it says it a little differently. Remember, Genesis one twenty says that fowl were created out of the the out of the waters. Let the waters bring forth. But but Genesis. Um, 2.19 says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air. So um, it's very, very interesting that there is represented two different kinds of creations of birds. <coughs> and these birds are not just, um, you know, um, only one of a kind. There are, uh, you know, various uh, applications uh, used as to um, symbolic meanings. We find how important it is, though, the term bird. <coughs> we find that um, that the Bible talks about um, the dove, which is a bird. The dove being the symbol of the Holy Ghost. And it was a symbol to the, the people that were to know that uh, Jesus was the Christ when the dove descended and came down over Jesus. So here we have a bird playing an incredible spiritual part, but figuratively, in a physical way, being manifested. Now the difference between when the spirit figuratively manifests something in a physical kind of way is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. When the um, tongues were manifested, and then the Bible speaks in Acts about, about you know, the tongues of fire, and they were, could literally be seen, that was a Holy Ghost uh, experience. When the, the bird, the dove, was manifested in a physical way and people could see it, that was a Holy Ghost experience. So the Holy Spirit is, is poured out in measure. The Bible speaks about being, being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that means that if there is a measurement that fills you up, then there are measurements that do not fill you up. And there are different levels of those uh, measurements that do not fill you up. So you could have a 30-fold, a 60-fold, and then a 100-fold, which is the final filling. And then when you begin to get manifestations, so that the manifestation allows you to have an experience both in the spirit and in the physical, a visionary aspect, because without a vision, the people perish, the Bible says, then now you are dealing in the Holy Ghost, and which is the hundredfold pouring out of the Holy Spirit. So that's important to see how that birds had a hundredfold manifestation in the sense of doves, not only dove on the ark, which represented the peace, that was to come at the end of the flood, but the dove over Jesus, which was to represent that Jesus was indeed the Christ, the Messiah. <clears throat> so it's very interesting, uh, you know, um, Ezekiel 31.9 speaks about all the fowls of heaven made their nest in Satan's uh, bows and branches in, in uh, uh, West Garden of Eden. Um, we're going to get into that a little bit more. I've got to move on here because we're just sort of reiterating some things we covered. But it also talks about um, as birds flying. 
in Isaiah 31, 5. We talked about that, how that this, these were actually, uh, you know, warships that had their own self-consciousness and capable of self-repair and, and changing uh, shapes. And they were involved as, as uh, birds of war. And um, uh, it's, that was Isaiah 31, 5. Uh, we did some explaining on that. Uh, too much to go over today. You can uh, look into it and see what you want to uh, think about by research. So, Revelations 18.2 talks about a place, a specific dispositional uh, hold uh, where every f uh, foul spirit uh, like is, is a cage for, for every unclean and hateful bird. And uh, we, we see by that that um, there are differentiations between the birds. There are the abominable birds and then there are the birds that are called clean. And uh, that, that is pretty uh, awesome and pretty important, just as we also understand there is the Elohim-Lucifer uh, uh, creation, and then there's the Yahweh-Yahweh-El uh, creation of birds. They're, they're distinctly two different things. Uh, we understand uh, this idea of transpositional, transferal type of changes that can take place as it describes it in the Hebrews um, and, uh, and uh, of uh, 3331 uh, through 33 and 3346. Um, I'm pretty sure that is the Hebrew, but if it's not, then it'd be the Greek. I didn't make a good note there. Um, I know that word can be found both in the Old Testament and the New. And so we've got the dragon fowl from the waters and the Yahweh fowl from the ground. And um, we, we also talked about the intervals, uh, which are, are various kinds of dimensions, but specifically uh, spaces of separation, like the, the, the gulf uh, of separation between where uh, Adam's, uh, or pardon me, Abraham's bosom was and uh, where this upper Hades, where the rich man went and was trying to get out of and trying to get to Abraham but could not. And we talked about that and um, how that there is a 30-fold a interval, a 60-fold interval, and a 100-fold and a interval. Those are all important. The birds, yeah, there's so much about them in the Bible. The wings of the cherubim. Uh, the wings of the seraphim, the wings of the ophanim. Um, you know, there are specific times in which um, a, a particular word in the Hebrew, uh, you know, like in uh, uh, 3671, 3670, uh, which speaks of, of projecting something laterally, and, and, and it can represent a wing, which represents a bird, but at the same time as it represents a bird, uh, it can represent an army. Or in other cases, it can represent a feather uh, for referring to a flying wing. Uh, a flying wing can be like ziths and zams. Uh, 
we we talked about um, the um, metamorphosizing of Nebuchadnezzar um, after he had sinned, uh, explained in Daniel four thirty three through thirty four four. Daniel four thirty three through thirty four as he he was metamorphosized into a bird man, and um, there is just so many interesting things, and and we and we differentiate it uh, how that in Revelations four eight um, there was the four beast and each of them had four wings. Uh, we talked about the six wings of the seraphim as it describes it in Isaiah six two. Um, we, we talked about the four wings of the cherubim in Ezekiel 1, 6 through 8. And, uh, and then we, uh, we, you know, we, we talked, uh, about also Ezekiel ten twenty one, where we were able to show, uh, the two wings, uh, you know, of the ophanim, uh, by using special comparative, uh, uh, uh scripture. So we see that. In the ark, Genesis seven fourteen, uh, every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort, um, uh, Levi, uh, Leviticus eleven twenty, all fowls that creep. We found that the word fowl can also mean critters, like grasshoppers and mantis and and uh, locusts, and all of the applications that they have symbolically. Uh, for major events that are going to happen in the course of time. We saw that the heritage of God uh, was described in Jeremiah twelve nine as a speckled bird, and that the other birds that were around about were against, were against her. How that nations have been referred to as birds, and, and, and uh, birds in particular uh, uh, as representing you know, God's side, and then the opposite side uh, being represented also that way. Uh, we mentioned Jeremiah 4.23 when the earth was seen to be without form and void, and, um, and uh, you know, the heavens had no light. Uh, and then 4.25 of Jeremiah uh, that uh, beheld, and there was no men. All, all humankind uh, were, were gone, sort of like vanished. But the birds of the heavens, they weren't considered to be vanished they were considered to be fled and uh, I'm going to get into some a very interesting story here in just a little bit about this thing about being fled like when the asteroid came and and how that they have now discovered that the great asteroid that they thought killed off all dinosaurs did not kill off all dinosaurs that there were some dinosaurs that that uh, actually outlived that terrible, disastrous time on Earth. And uh, that I find to be very, very interesting. Um, we see the connection of the word wings uh, with the, the cherub. Uh, uh, you know, I ro uh, rode on, on the cherub and did fly, and angels flying through the midst of heaven, and the woman given two wings of a great eagle, which, of course, is an unclean bird, and, and we talked about the reasons for that. Um, we got into the the creeping atoms uh, and you know the dislocations and and uh, the vacancies and how that Lucifer used those methods to create uh, a quantum consciousness, a new concept of matter uh, for modulating the um, the, the the virtual 
uh, system that he had uh, uh, created in his thought system into an actual uh, uh, system using super uh, conductivity and uh, uh, causing there to be an incredible creation. And uh, he brewed it on the face of the waters, uh, which is like a bird, uh, you know, on her eggs, and uh, brought about these incredible uh, bird creations, all tying into the Hebrew word 8318, sheretz, uh, the moving creature, the, the active mass, you know. And um, so those were some of the things we carried uh, uh, in our last message and taught in our last message that were very important. Um, we understand that what this is all about in the time gate of, of life right now is that, that, as explained in Ephesians, it's between the powers of darkness and the powers of light. It's between the, these, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the prince of light and the prince of darkness. And uh, and these tremendous powers, uh, you know, and um, uh, and it's clear. Revelations twelve nine says that Satan deceive has tried to deceive the whole world. So we just find it exciting, and we find it really interesting as we get ready to launch into these next things that we're going to say. We are tying all this into the whisper of Satan. Because these things were whispered by Satan in secret. And, and they all had to do with everything from the dilation of time to the decrescendoing of time to the subserration of time to the veiled voice of, of this new kind of sub-audibility and this under-breath and undertone and, uh, and the small, still voice that was being used to to uh, deliver the message of the dragon fowl, and and all the creations like of the T Rex, uh, which has similarities on the uh, on the DNA scale to chickens and and mastodons, and how that uh, as we get into the consideration of of the um, the Tyrannosaurus, uh, we begin to discover from new finds that uh, this uh, these animals like that had some of them had feathers and and i have no question in fact i'm quite certain that many of these uh dinosaurs were beautiful that they had like peacock feathers and i think that some of these dinosaurs as huge as they were could dance and we're going to get into this thing about the dancing uh, you know of the birds in just a little bit, and I think that um, the feather finding when it was first discovered it rocked the world. Uh, you know, uh, as to how paleontology and and uh, Arthi, uh, uh, Arthur, uh, you know, those people that are in archaeology uh, could have not known to express or even have the thought of there being these feather tyrants stalking during the Cretaceous age, uh, which was 145 to 66 million years ago. And, and all these things that they tried to put all into the idea of evolutionary origin um, 
which was only a poking around and a and a wishing and a hunting to try to find the truth and really did not present itself in the capability of uh, telling what the full story was or what the really truth was um, in its in its uh, succinct way. So we know, you know, that still ties into all the ministry and teachings I've done about the underground worlds and how that these underground worlds were provisions, places where uh, Lucifer, Satan, wanted to preserve some of his creations, things that he did in the subterranean world uh, to preserve his creations so that these awesome creations that he made would would not die. Uh, Secret places like in Edrei, uh, which has close to the Bashan, Bashan, uh, the Bashan area where there was a whole underground city where the giants lived and uh, all these incredible uh, places on earth and off of earth where these uh, incredible uh, creatures of Darkon uh, lived and, and did his work. Now, we know that, uh, and we've read this to you before, and we'll read it again, get this all set up where we want it to be, that in Ezekiel 27, 3, Ezekiel 28, 12, and 17, and Ezekiel 31, 6 through 18, it talked about the the power of Lucifer's creation. And uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of it. I've read it different times, but it's so important. It must not be, it must not, you know, just must not be uh, missed. Now, in um, uh, Ezekiel 31, Verse 6, it says, All the fowls of heaven made their nest in his uh, bows under his branches. All the fowls made their nest in his provisions. And um, um, and it says in verse 8, The cedars in the garden of God could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his bows, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. As gorgeous and beautiful as the trees in the garden of Eden were, the garden of God where Adam and Eve were, they did not compare to the west side garden that was made by Lucifer and the trees that he had made there and made a provision for the fowls of the heaven to lodge there. And all the fowls, it says, lodged there. We read last week how there was a provision similar to that that had been made by God for the fowls uh, to lodge in the branches of trees made by God. But we see in the end that the, all of the trees, all of the birds really made a decision to, to make their home in these uh, fancy, beautiful settings uh, of, of the Garden West of Lucifer Satan. And um, and and so it says in verse nine, and I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. So if you get to thinking there, there's any, anything just casual about Lucifer, Satan, and even his still capability and present capability to even take and transform himself into an angel of light, do not sell him short. We're not trying to 
pompous him. We're not trying to glorify him, but we are trying to make the world understand why this battle of the wars of the of the angels, the Star Wars that are going on right now, is not just been a simple Simon, something that you could fight a three day war with. morning i covered the deep for him i restrained the floods there of great waters so forth uh, verse 16 i made the nations to shake at the sound of his fall when i cast him down to hell uh, with them that descend into the pit and all the trees of eden the choice and the best of lebanon and all that drink water shall be comforted in the neither parts of the earth they also they also they also went with him down to hell and descended into the pit. Now we understand that this is talking how that this, the Pharaoh um, was a person that, that Lucifer Satan had affected him and had made a familiar spirit out of him so that the figurative aspect of Lucifer, uh, when he died, was in the grave. He had this descriptive aspect of what I've just read. But you see, because that is in a descriptive sense, almost in the sense of a, the, the ultimate spirit scenario, it is almost like a virtual reality of the real reality when the Bible says in Revelations that Lucifer will be cast into the lake of fire. But we see that these, these birds are, and the, that lodged in the trees, and we see that these, that these trees, that they, they stick with Lucifer. They hang with him. And they even go down to hell with him. And even those persons that figuratively and sometimes imaginatively represented him. So we begin to see the exaltation of revelation here that is so strong that it's like an oak tree, so deliverable for bringing people into a new freedom of thought and mind that is beyond anything that, that people have uh, even begun to, to think. Well, I want to share with you now something very interesting. We talked about these underground places, and we talked about the subterranean places. Well, there is a place on Earth called New Guinea, and um, this is tied into the, the Indo-Australian and Pacific plates. But the way that those plates folded in a very unusual way, they created caverns and various uh, places both below the earth and above the earth that were very differentiated 
from anything else on the earth at that time and still to this day. And so we have a very interesting thing. Let's just talk about, although there's a few other islands and places, but basically there's only one place in the entire whole world, one place in the entire whole world, which is New Guinea, and that that incredible uh, density of forest that is there that has birds of paradise. And these birds of paradise are so absolutely sensational. They, they not only are beautiful of feather, but they are intelligent and they have gestures and they dance and they do special things with their wings. Uh, it, they are sensational. And um, they, um, they have been described, you know, as, as being unique and not comparable to any other birds anywhere in the entire whole world. Now, interesting that this land of, of, of New Guinea um, has been built in such a way in its enfolding that it's described sediment-wise and shape-wise as being similar to a bird flying westward with an open mouth. And so, just like Lucifer put this hexagon up in the planet Saturn, he also, right on Earth, made this this unusual uh, uh, thing that forms a bird flying westward with an open mouth, and that's where he put and he and kept alive these awesome and beautiful birds of paradise. Now, he then, as a result, geographically divided this sediment and this area into a bird's head, a bird's neck, and a bird's body and tail regions. And there is such a teaching in the story that could go on with that and could be told. It, it, uh, it is just... Beyond the beyond, there is no question about that. Well, I put on my Facebook um, some pictures, and you can get on there and and um, and see them for yourself. Pictures of of these birds that are in paradise in New Guinea, and I suggest that you get onto that and look at those and see the beauty of them. There's a whole lot more than to be found on the internet than just that. But I think that those birds are the remnant of created by Satan. And there is a rumor, I don't know that it's true or not true, but they say that in those areas, these little pygmy and some of these four-foot tall native type of creature, uh, type of persons that live in those areas have reported different times seeing what they describe as dinosaur-like creatures that still live there they know that in the sea they have found dinosauric type of creatures that they call devils they are so horrid and they have such terror and their looks and their actions and and are, are just in 
incredibly extreme. And these are creatures that are still alive today in the oceans, and they have found recent uh, cases uh, where their uh, bodies have been dragged up in a net or are or fished in the sea. So there is still remnants of the fifth creation age of Lucer for Satan, which is the longest day of And it is well worth you people really getting into this. Now, what was it about these birds that was useful to Satan? You know, well, <clears throat> one of the things that those birds do and have is they are extremely sexual. And they're just out of orbit. I mean, compared to any other birds, they don't compare. And the and these birds, what they go through, is all about sexuality. So there was something that was being reared up there because, believe it or not, sex and lust is one of the biggest things that Satan uses to defeat many, many people. And so when you think of all of this, you put this all together and, and how that, and I'm not knocking any churches, but how the churches back away from ever wanting to talk or, or explain uh, the thing of sexuality. Uh, they're just sort, sort of letting it take its own course. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is the reason. That is the reason why Satan has been such a winner. Because he's used these things, he's he's plotted these things. He's created creatures that 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 keep uh, putting the inference into creation. Now it's not anything that's not Bible on the good side, because on the good side, the word that was given was be fruitful and multiply, and multiplying comes about by sexual union. So it all has to be put in the right perspective. And we're going to get into some really interesting things. But right now, I'm going to, in just a little bit, take a break. Uh, I, want to, uh, I want to talk about the uh, flyer that I sent out. And uh, in the flyer, I, I talked about three things I'm going to try to cover here in the next section. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to try to cover, you know, uh, about um, the, um, the resurrection uh, power that was given to Jesus by the Father. I'm going to try to. I'm going to try try to get into talking about the, the gogs, and uh, so um, I wrote. I wrote it like this: Gog rises from the inner Alpha ages to aid Satan. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the next one was the Heavenly Father teaches his the Son Jesus Christ how to raise the dead so that Jesus can raise the good great earth dead 
for enlistment in his holy wars against the principality Lucifer Satan. And so we've got some powerful things to talk about. And we might be able to talk a little bit about the bird wars of the angel kind. And so now, Janet Lee at the Baldwin Organ.
Super, super, super. Thank you, Janet. That was awesome. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so here we go again, ladies and gentlemen. We talked a couple times from that scripture in Isaiah 14. How art thou fallen, O Lucifer? How art thou fallen? And that perhaps is one of the most incredible, important statements as referring to Lucifer that exists in the Bible today. How art thou fallen? Because the how of that fall is totally not like people have thought. They, they have not understood that when it talked about falling and, and falling from heaven, that that was a spiritual fall. But that was not a tumbling down in a physical body or in a physical uh, ship of some kind and crashing on earth. That was not that at all. In fact, I've read to you and shown you the scripture where Lucifer actually descended in a ship and landed, uh, all ha having total charge of it. And we know how that in the the uh, the ninth chapter of, of um, the book of Revelation that the keys are handed to Lu Lucifer Satan uh, for being in charge of the bottomless pit and that he begins a manufacturing operation there. And the intensity of that is totally awesome. And so how he filled is important. Now, I'm going to reveal uh, something that is has never been uh, revealed before by me, uh, <clears throat> although I've known it for a long time. And that is, we've talked about how that um, the secrets of, of Lucifer, Satan, and the idea of the whisper of Satan, and how that he, as it describes it in the 13th chapter of, of uh, Matthew, 34 through 35, the tares, and Jesus explains very uh, forthrightly that these were devils that planted them, going all the way back to the beginning of creation, and and uh, that this was one of the whispers of Satan, one of his secrets, the tares, planted it among the wheat. And then we had the revelation of the star wormwood. This was another uh, type of, of plague that also had genetic effects. And this was another part of the whispering and the secret. Now there is a third. And there's a reason why there's a third, one, two, three. It's not just an accidental number, you know. And we're going to explain that for the first time today. And this third secret has to do with the whisper and the secret of the Gog and the Magog infiltration that was planned way, way back and that began to be affected uh, in human beings uh, going way, way, way back uh, in, in ancient time. We're going to talk about that and how important it is to understand. Now, <clears throat> the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel 7, 8, you know, when it talks about the fourth beast, and it talks about this fourth beast being diverse from all of the other animal type of, of beasts that represent the uh, four uh, different kinds of, of nations and, and, and people in the world. And it says this beast is different. It is totally diverse. It is totally different. And it has ten horns. Now those horns are divided into segments. And the, the segments are three, 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 and one. 
And every one of those segments, which the Bible describes it, that those represent kings, but they also represent this, which is the same thing, uh, language-wise, when you break it down uh, in its totality, kingdom, king, kingdom, because kingdom is an abbreviation of king's domain. So you still have the aspect of the king as being one of the ten kings when you say kingdom. And and so people would get that confused sometimes and think, well, it can't. That's not the same as a king. It is the same as a king when you really understand that it's an enlargement of the powers of that king, plus it being that being that king. So we have the kingdom also representing the king's domain, and representing that same king. So you have the three, three, and three. But the particular ones that we want to talk about is these three, which was a segment of three. And there was these three horns. Now, they're described in a very unusual way. And, and uh, I call them serpent horns. And, and the Bible describes them in Daniel 7, 8 as root, R-O-O-T, horns. Uses that very term, root horns. And then there's a little small horn that starts to grow up. And as a result of that small horn growing up, among these three root horns, there is a plucking up of those root horns. Now, people would seem to think that that means that those horns were destroyed. But when you understand the, um, the aspect of the meaning of the ten horns and how they, they, that represents the totality of what this beast is and the plot and the plans and all of that, uh, you see that it's really not talking about them being displaced or disposed of, but what it's talking about is them being put under a new authority so that they no longer are operating independently. Those three root horns are the, 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 the tares, the star wormwood, and the gog and magog. These are all kingdom ministries. And these kingdom ministries of Satan uh, all represent these deep root horns because the, uh, Moses described this in Deuteronomy when he said he had to make sure that there was no, uh, no bitterness and no wormwood uh, that had gotten rooted into his people, that that had to be taken out, had to be done away with. So he understand this thing of the rooting of, of the genetic effect of, of that poison and toxin spiritual toxin of uh, of of the of the star called wormwood and and how that that was all part of this of these three horns of the fourth beast and how that then eventually those three are put under uh they are put under the son of perdition who is the false prophet and who was uh, on earth, one of the disciples of Jesus called Judas, and uh, and who has become, according to the ninth verse, he has become the king of the bottomless pit. And um, it was very important that he was chosen, because um, when you go back in time to the uh, the ages of um, of the Alpha, well, what came after the ages of the Alta, of the Alpha, was the first universe. And the first universe was the universe of the Ophanim. 
Now, let me just take a break here before I really get into the to this thing about the um, uh, of the gog and all of that. Uh, and let let me just share with you uh, in the book of Proverbs and the and the uh, eighth eighth uh, chapter of the book of Proverbs. And let me read you something uh, because we're going to reveal to you here the the teaching of of Astron. Now. Some people would want to say, well, there's nothing in the Bible about Astron and something like that or, or, or the Alpha uh, ages. Uh, there's nothing like that. Well, yes, there is. And you just have to know how to see it and to, uh, to understand it. And you have to understand that in the eighth chapter of the book of Proverbs, it says, doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice. And we, we have to understand that we're talking about wisdom and we're talking about understanding. And, and then we, 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 we go on now um, and we look at verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Now we see how that wisdom personifies and it gets involved into actual inventions, which are things that people do, that entities do, you know. And, uh, and then... Um, you know, um, let's let's go on uh, uh, into um, uh, some interesting things. Let's go to verse 22. And it says, the Lord possessed me. Now, this whole subject, the whole connotation, the whole context is about wisdom and knowledge. And it's about wisdom and knowledge and the, the timing, the gate, the, the, the gate of, you know, the, the time gate goes back. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his old works. No matter how far you go back in universal creation, creation, universe one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Those are all the old works of the new sensation of creating and the new plan of God there after the alpha ages. And so when we read here, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before those universes. When we say beginning, we are saying the same thing as Alpha, because in the book of Revelations, it defines the word, a Greek word, Alpha, as meaning the beginning, and, and uh, Omega as meaning the end. So we say Alpha and Omega, it means beginning and end. So when we are have the verse here, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before Genesis, before and he goes on, I was set up from everlasting. He says, I go back to everlasting. What does he mean by that? Well, because the Alphan ages, in which Gog and Magog existed, was the inner Alpha ages, which was an e eternal uh, um, link uh, uh, age. And, uh, and it, was, it was when, it was before the first domain, when, when the, uh, the God of gods, the ultimate God, the invisible God, separated himself from all other entities and creations. And, and that didn't happen until, uh, you know, that Gog decided to, to try to be more like a God himself. And, and, and he got in battles with other Gogs and, and, and there was so much turmoil happened. Then God... Uh, uh, separated himself and created the first domain. So this goes back to that time. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. That was Alpha. That was the Alpha Ages. Possessed what? Possessed 
wisdom and knowledge. This age of wisdom and knowledge go all the way back into the eternal, uh, you know, uh, time in which the Alpha Ages existed. And that was before the works of old that are talked about in Isaiah and other chapters of the book uh, that have uh, the Bible, rather, uh, that have to do with, with the universal creations. And, and he says, I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. was. <laughs> and the earth here doesn't have to represent the planet earth that we know about in our solar system. The earth represents any kind of planet that has a, a, a solid base uh, other than just a gas base or a water base. It has a, a physical solidified base. And so, so before there was any of those kind of livable planets in any universe at any time, this situation of the Alpha Ages existed. When, uh, you know, he was, he was set up from the beginning Again, the Alpha in the Alpha before there was any such thing. I was I, when there was when there was no depths. I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields nor the brightest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, depth. When he established the clouds. When he strengthened the fountains of the deep. When he gave to the sea his decree and the waters that they should not pass. When he appointed the foundations of the earth, I was by him and as one brought up. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the ha habitable part of the earth this means that the alpha ages is still around how can that be well it's a thing called syntone s-y-n-t-o-n-e and syntone exists in every universe from from the second universe on because what happens is when the first universe the troniverse folded into high density and then that universe ended in its life form and quickening form and all that were to be overcome and to be saved then went to live in the in, in the uh, fringes of the first domain until they ultimately would have the opportunity to then live in the first domain well then when the next universe began that first Density then was expanded with such force that it just blew out throughout the void of space. And when the new creation of the new universe was formed, then there's aspects of that first universe that was ingrained in the second universe, which is called sin tone. And then that happened to the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth, the seventh, and now the eighth. So that the syntone of all of everything that ever happened in all those universes and even carried over from before all of that, from the Alpha Ages, was then also infused into the syntone and therefore is available in what we call these, these sacred 
spots or dots, energy dots, which has all of the information then of all of the universes that have ever been and of the even of the uh, the alpha ages that preceded it. And that's why that is still available. That then means that there is a communion that is still visible and still alive in an invisible sense, but in a visible sense among those that are the, in the invisible uh, aspect. And so that there can be a communion. And we find uh, the stories in the Seven Thunders Before Genesis book, how that uh, some of these people of other universes, like Astron, made contact with Gog and 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 brought some of the uh things uh into the universe we find how that uh, even uh android type of cre- creatures who went and found um all of these uh, writings and teachings of gog were able to pick up the information of gog and and plant that uh as a reality during those times of that universe so as we begin to see how that this thing of Gog and Magog that goes all of the way back before all the universes to the uh, uh, this beginning before all of that, which was the Alpha Age, uh, has potential contact, then we begin to understand how that this ancient thing of Gog is come alive again here on the earth. And 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 in all of its power and and negative aspect. So it's nothing less than utterly exciting. It's nothing less than a span out and an opening of the doors of knowledge. Now we're going to read this next thing, and this is, uh, of course, from the Bible. But it's very conveniently translated in the MIV and put into the Seven uh, Thunders book, which is um, on page 64. And uh, there is a lot that Ezekiel talks about Gog and how, how God is against Gog. And he has a judgment on Gog because Gog has, has been, in, he's been involved in the creations of different uh, uh, different. Uh, uh, universes and and he has interfered and he's interfering again in this universe now here's what it says this is in ezekiel thirty eight seventeen combined with ezekiel thirty nine one through two ezekiel thirty eight seventeen combined with ezekiel thirty nine one through two which is slightly paraphrased o gog are you not the one of anterior beginnings, and that would be of the Alpha Ages, that I spoke about to my messengers, servants, the prophets, seers, saying in latter times you would come against God's defenders, Israel. Defenders of humanity speak to Gog, the principality imaged from worlds past and say, the Lord is against you, Gog. Therefore, when your image is regenerated from the depths of the sixth dimension to be used against the leaders of God's defenders, I will expose your secrets. 
going to expose the whisper of Satan. That's what God is promising in his word. So that you might understand the past by knowing the future, and understand the future by knowing the past, now speaks the manifest chronicles writ. Many eternities past, living constructions called the, the gogs dominated the dome spheres, the dome spheres of the inner alpha world. These gogs live perpetually before the genesis of universal orders, when as yet the clocks of universal time had not yet begun to tick. Now, there's another very interesting thing. When you read in the book of Ezekiel about location-wise, it talks about the north. Now, north has been known to represent several different things. One of the things it represents is mystery. But one of the important things that it really represents is a circumpolar constellation. And this circumpolar constellation, which re revolves around the North Pole, is a northern uh, hemisphere that contains Ursia Major, the Big Dipper, Ursia Minor, the Little Dipper, and very important, Drago, the dragon, which revolves around the north. Drago is present in the northern hemisphere, is only present in the northern hemisphere. You can't look at any other hemisphere and find Drago. It is only, only present in the northern hemisphere. And so it's so important to understand the revelation that is found within the meaning of that. There are several galaxies and even one nebula that's found within the constellation of the Drago. It is a huge thing, and it is not minor. Now, as these things begin to unfold and we begin to see the connections, and we think of this, how art thou fallen, O Lucifer? And we think of the three serpent root horns of the fourth beast to be plucked up by the root, Daniel 7, 8. And these three being the star wormwood, the tares, and the Gog and Magog. Then we begin to see how that this Gog and Magog is really being used, how this ties into the whisper of Satan, and how that this revelation that we ministered uh, two or three times back about the word back, uh, in which uh, it is about a negative regeneration of brute beast species and and uh, of all kinds of forces and energies and entities uh, that is a secret encoded word that is throughout the Bible. And I last uh, uh, week gave you this the uh, uh, or the week before I guess it was the scriptures and and the various Strong's concordance references for it. I don't have time to go through that again. Now, as we look at this thing on the whisper of Satan about Gog, we see that um, Gog rises from the inner ages to aid Satan. Is the statement that we put out in our flyer or in our uh, internet uh, um, advisor of what this teaching would be about. 
And as we look, uh, you know, in uh, the book of uh, First Chronicles five, First Chronicles five four, uh, it talks about uh, there being a, a son, a, a, you know, of, of sons sons of Joel, and um, and there's a. a um, there's a Shemaiah, there's a Gog, and there's a Shimei. And these are all sons of this one particular person called Joel. Now, um, Joel happens to be um, uh, a, a, one of the tribe of Reuben. Now, Reuben was in a first birthright position. But then uh, Reuben um, defiled his uh, his father's bed, as it says in the Bible, uh, in Chronicles First uh, uh, Chronicles five one, and uh, the birthright then was no longer reckoned in the genealogy to him, and instead it was tr- passed on to Joseph, so that Joseph had the the birthright, which is the birthright of the firstborn, and ties into the church of the firstborn, and all of those things that the Bible talks about. Then we see that that these names, after this fall, begin to to to, to show up in the in the uh, chronology and the genetic lines, you know, uh, like Gog and and Magog and Baal, and and um, you know um, uh, different other kinds of names, uh, Tubal, because Tubal was connected with Tubal Cain, and um, there's just all kinds of other names that are of a very negative aspect. Uh, we find that later that that Joel, um, because of uh, because of the fact that he was leading so many of his, of the Reubenites to worship the the false gods of the land, like of Bashan. These were the giants uh, that lived close to Mount Hermon, and and um, uh, they were all into that, and God was very angry with that. So that finally, uh, the um, the head uh, general and 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 uh, le- main leader of Assyria came and brought war against uh, Joel and and the Reubenites, and captured Joel and carried him away uh, uh, into captivity, uh, and he was told in the Bible and described in the Bible as being the prince of the Reubenites, and so we see how that this has all had a major effect. All right. Begin to get a picture here. We begin to see that the setting, you know, of the sons of Ham and and of, of Cush for the uh, being the father of Nimrod all begins to, to be a setting. It's part of how art thou fallen from heaven. How... Did you plot things? How did you plan things? How did you incorporate this fall? What have you done with it? Here is the beginning when he's, he's planning this, this seed of, of all of these uh, corrupt uh, th- uh, situations. Now, the corrupt situation was really potentially there because of the, of the three sons of, um, of, um, of Noah they all three uh, had wives, and and those wives uh, were, were were chosen from, taken from, 
uh, uh, the rebellious and corrupted offspring who rejected Noah and his God. And so they all had these wives. They were very young and they were one. The, the manifest describes it uh, uh, that, that uh, Japheth and Shem and, and his brother, you know, uh, uh, they, they, were, they were warriors of what was called the, the, the wing rope. And in this war with uh, some of these other uh, rebellious, uh, you know, champions of war, uh, they they defeated them and they ended up getting their wives that way. Uh, I don't have time to try to show you a Bible for that today, but uh, somewhere down the road, you know. And they ended up with those three uh, young uh, ladies who became the wives of the three children of of uh, Noah, Noah's sons. And, uh, and uh, so now we've got this implantation of this g- genetic flow. And we have every potential for why things sometimes go go uh, crooked and go diverse. Because there is the genetic pool, the genetic river, the genetic possibility. And, and, and so Noah has it even on the ship. He doesn't totally get away from the rebellion. He doesn't totally get away. You know, hardly have they landed then 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 the it's it's the very daughters themselves that have taught noah uh how to ferment and make make uh, you know a wine and and uh all of these things begin to come on board in these new lives next thing you know you've got nimrod and his rebellion uh the plot thickens this whole thing of the sowing of the seeds of gog and magog has happened and and is beginning to to spread and ferment, and it it tells in there that there will one day be over two hundred million. This is in the Bible. Two hundred million of these Gog and Magogs that will come in the in the war of Armageddon against Israel. And as we begin to look at this, we see all kinds of interesting scriptures, like Isaiah fourteen twenty nine, Rejoice not. Palestina, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. Just because some enemy seems to be defeated, that is not no reason to think everything is clear. And it's telling this nation, there's other things underground that you don't know about. The whisper of Satan has other plots. You can't take for granted that one defeat is is the loss of the, of the war. He says, for... Out of the serpent's root. Now this thing with the root is big. It's in the Bible. It's mentioned over and over again. Out of the Satan's root shall come forth a cockatrite, an adder. And his fruit shall be a flying serpent. A fiery flying serpent. And this is like the birds and sams of self-consciousness. And we begin to see that that Jesus recognizing this in his teaching, he predicted and said, one day they're going to do something about all of this corruption that's been plotted and planted. And in Matthew fifteen thirteen, he says, every plant which my father has not planted shall be rooted up. In Deuteronomy 29, 27 to 29, the Lord rooted out the rebellious from the promised land. This thing of the root 
This thing of the root is very, very, very big. Then we see that this thing of the of the then of the three three horns, as it describes it in Daniel seven eight, that are 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 to be plucked up by the root, and the small horn uh, takes over. Their their authority is plucked up, and now becomes it becomes run by this small little horn that is coming up, and and uh, this segment of the one uh, the three which is one-third of the three groups of three, uh, uh, plus there is a one that makes the ten. And we don't have time to go into to all of what that is about. But uh, we can see that the kingdoms of this world have, are, have been involved uh, in an ownership of Lucifer, Satan. That's why he can make the offer to, to Jesus to give him the, all the world and everything. And that's why in Revelations eleven fifteen it says the kingdoms of this world finally become the kingdoms of the Lord. But that's not till far, far, far into the future that that happens. I know there's a lot of churches. I know there's a lot of media. I know there's a lot of people out there saying that that is already the case. But uh, if it is already the case and all this whole world is the Lord's, then no wonder we got atheists blaming the Lord for all these things happening when in fact you can't really blame the Lord because at this time the Lord is not running this world. Lucifer Satan is. And when you understand that, then you know who you really should be blaming and not be blaming the Lord or God or Jesus Christ and and, and uh, that that will change someday but right now it hasn't changed yet so so we know the kingdoms are, are going to return to, to Christ and all these things are are going to happen in the most awesome rebellious way but you know um, here's here is what is interesting this thing of the revelation of of, of Lucifer this thing of these three horn roots is awesome. And I really had wanted to get into this thing of the resurrection of Jesus. But you know, that's such a beautiful teaching that I will save that for next week because it's just too important to hurry through it. But next week we'll continue with the birds and we'll continue with this thing about the resurrection. And when you hear this teaching on, on the Father teaching Jesus Christ how to do the resurrection, and why he teaches them that, so that he can bring back people to do this particular ministry to war against the forces of darkness and the powers of Satan. And we'll give you all. We'll give you scripture after scripture, revelation upon revelation. Doors will open, windows will open, and the the pearls of God will be poured out to those who are are sealed in the forehead by the mark of God. What an exciting day lies ahead. What excitement all of this is, folks, that you're beginning to see these truths, beginning to get these revelations. Keep in mind that even in an hour and a half to two or three hours, I can't tell you all the details and all the backup scriptures and everything that could be told. It takes a book to do that. And that's why it's so important that we end up getting these books out. If you do not have a Seven Thunders Manifest Chronicles Before Genesis book, please 
do yourself a favor by getting your getting one for yourself. And some of you brothers out there and sisters, you may want to buy several of these books and begin passing them out to people. They may not understand it at first, but in time, the time gate will be open and the glory of God will move across the earth. Now we're going to close this teaching until next week. God bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Janet Lee at the console of the Baldwin Organ.